And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Dr. Jerry Newcomb, Executive Director of Providence Forum and Senior Producer and On-Air Contributor at D. James Kennedy Ministries. Uh, Jerry, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. Now, I know that you're a writer, director, executive producer of the Foundation of American Liberty series, and uh, you guys did a new release, or you're doing it, or did it, called Endowed by Their Creator. Before we ask the specifics of that, when's that coming out, and how would people go about getting it? Well, people can get more information at ProvidenceForum.org, and I always try to make it so that the first post that you see on that page is information, updated information on the whole Foundation of American Liberty series. So the first thing you see there actually will be an image of the DVD cover of Endowed by Their Creator, ProvidenceForum.org. And in the meantime, there's going to be some of the segments from that showing on Truths That Transform, which is the television program of D. James Kennedy Ministries, hosted by Robert Pacienza, who's the senior pastor. and He's actually now Dr. Robert J. Pacienza. And so anyway, portions of this documentary are seen there, and there's information on how to get the DVD, and then uh, there'll be future information later on streaming the whole program. But in, in effect, you can stream major portions of it, again, through Truths That Transform. Hmm. And again, learn you can learn all this at ProvidenceForum.org, that first opening page on the Foundation series. Very nice. Well, I'm thinking that there may be some homeschooling families that want to follow these leads and look you up and look up Providence Forum and tie into the D. James Kennedy Ministries website as well. So um, hopefully that's useful to our homeschooling friends. Um, this series that you're doing, in, in particular, this one endowed by their creator, can you tell us a little bit about um, how it goes down? <laughs> sure. Tell us a little well, bit about it. Sure, absolutely. The, the phrase, is, of course, comes from the Declaration of Independence. So this particular episode of the seven-part series on the Foundation of American Liberty, which, by the way, if somebody says, well, what's the Foundation of American Liberty? It's our Judeo-Christian heritage. It's that simple. Yeah. And so anyway, this particular one deals with the Declaration of Independence, which is our nation's birth certificate. The phrase itself, of course, comes directly from that. Uh, Gary Bauer told me recently in an interview we were doing, he said that when he was running for president in the year 2000, he said he spoke in about 100 schools, and he said, I have a $20 bill in my pocket. And I will give it to any student who can name, you know, the really important sentence that comes from the Declaration of Independence. By the way, that that sentence he's talking about includes that phrase endowed by their creator. Mm -hmm. The the, the sentence he he had in mind, you know, was we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and and are down by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he said in speaking to about 100 different high school assemblies, he said there were two people out of these hundreds of students, you know, 100 different schools, only two people cashed in and and got $40. So in other words, very, very few people 
knew those precious words of our nation's birth certificate. It's, yeah. it's hard to believe. And you would think they'd know it. They're right in school and learning the very basics needed for life in America and, and et cetera. But no, they're they're not teaching this kind of stuff. It, it's They used to call it civics, I believe. And yeah. You know, they, they're learning about other stuff that is embarrassing to even mention over the air, but not the foundation of America. Now, um, the Declaration of Independence, you've called it America's birth certificate. That's a nice way of putting it. Tell us a little bit more. Well, there are two key founding documents in America, the Declaration of 1776 and then the Constitution in 1787, when the founding fathers we're meeting together in what you know what we know as the Continental Congress. They were vexed with how do we, as British subjects, uh, maintain our Christian liberties in, in this context where the the British government, the King, and the Parliament are just constantly usurping our rights and our freedoms. You know, our God-given rights and liberties. Yes. And so, anyway, when they they finally came to the point where it was just like, okay, enough is enough. And they felt that they needed to declare the reason why they should be a free and independent nation. I like to put it this way. They declared independence from Great Britain, but they also declared at the very same time dependence upon Almighty God. Yes, And uh, in fact, the Declaration of Independence, which explains the why America exists, it mentions God four times, and not in some, you know, tangential way, but rather it says that God is the source of our rights. So that phrase, endowed by their creator, really gets at the heart of the American experiment, that God is the one who's given us our rights. Now, that's not so because the founders declared it. It is so, and what a nice thing that the founders declared it and declared it in writing in our nation's birth certificate. Yeah. Years ago, there was a couple of fellows that would do some easy chair discussions, I think they called it, and they would also mention the, by contrast, they would mention the French Revolution. And when we think of the American Declaration versus the French Revolution, what are some of the highlights that come to your mind, uh, Jerry? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because we actually have a section in this documentary endowed by their creator where we contrast 1776 with 1789. 1776 mm. was the year of the American uh, Revolution, or uh, I like to call it the uh, the war for in a American independence. But 1789 is the year of the French Revolution. And the two, some people might think, oh, well, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. They're really not. No. And God is the differentiating factor. The French Revolution was explicitly anti-Christian. Oh, my. Uh, in fact, you know, Bill Federer in our documentary talks about how the French revolutionaries, you know, they, they, they got away from all kinds of Christian references. They even changed the calendar. They changed the calendar in two ways. Uh, first of all, they said, okay, this this year, now the, the revolution began in 1789, but as they were creating their new republic, in 1792, they declared that as year one of the republic, uh, it, it explicitly getting rid of uh, the the Christian calendar. Oh. You know, this is, this, we're, we're having this discussion in 2023. What's the significance of that number? Well, 
2,023 years ago, Jesus Christ was born. So, mm. I mean, it's in reference to the birth of Jesus. Yeah. So was the year 1789. So was the year 1787 when the founders in the Constitution, you know, wrote that we're doing this in the year of our Lord. Yes. 1787. Some people like to say, oh, the founding fathers never mentioned God in the Constitution. And that was by design. Well, they did mention God. And they mentioned that Jesus is God just in that very phrase. Law professor John Eidsmo, one of the guests in our special, he made an interesting observation to me once. He said that uh, if you say that, well, that was just a, a formality when the Constitution is, is done in the year of our Lord, that didn't mean anything to the founding fathers. Well, he said that's like saying an attestation clause in a will, a last will and testament is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. And that's <laughs> not true. And, and But again, going in contrast to the French Revolution, they were trying to get away from Christian ideas and so forth. They desecrated the Christian churches of, of all kinds of uh, the churches. Obviously, the, France was, was Catholic, and so these were Catholic churches. They, they desecrated the Notre Dame, and they even put uh, you know, a half-naked actress on the, the altar of Notre Dame to defy, you know, not just Roman Catholicism, but really to defy, you know, any kind of Christian expression. They explicitly killed, you know, priests and nuns and, you know, any kind of religious figure and so forth in the guillotine. So bottom line is they were very anti-Christian. Now, in contrast, the American situation was that they felt that God had given us our rights and therefore these rights were non-negotiable. So when they created the United States of America later on, especially as they wrote the Constitution, and then within two years or so of it going into effect, 1791, they wrote up the Bill of Rights, which were the first 10 amendments of the Constitution. And the very first amendment explicitly acknowledged religious liberty and it said congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof and the idea of that establishment clause is that at the national level the federal government there would be no national denomination by law established so today unfortunately a lot of people think well the founding fathers intended us to have a secular government uh, you know, where God is not allowed to be referenced, mm. you know, in the public arena. You can't study the Bible. You, a student might get an F, you know, in a paper if they quote the Bible or something like that, you know, in our schools today, which is ridiculous because it was the Bible that gave birth to the schools in the yes. first place in the American experience. But bottom line is that uh, the founders did not intend God to be banished from the public arena. They just didn't want it so that people would be forced to believe something that they didn't believe in and, you know, forced to engage in religious practices that they they did not believe in. In fact, uh, as the documentary points out, Jefferson uh, felt that if if you force people to do things that they don't believe in, uh, then all you do is, quote unquote, beget habits of hypocrisy. And such actions are a departure from the plan of the holy author of our religion, meaning Jesus Christ, who being Lord, both of body and mind, chose reason and not coercion uh, to spread, you know, faith in him, Mm -hmm. as was in his almighty power to do. 
In other words, Jesus being divine could have forced people to believe, you know, a certain way, but he didn't. He allowed uh, people to believe or not to believe. And it's, it's to God that people will give account to. But it's not up to the state to take the sword for the force of government and enforce you know, religious belief. That yes. is a departure from what Jesus has taught us and so forth. So, I mean, this is amazing. By the way, I co-wrote a book about Thomas Jefferson called Doubting Thomas. Mark Belisles was the, the chief author, and he's a pastor in the Charlottesville area. And he shows there's a lot of actions of and, and statements from Thomas Jefferson that show that, uh, and here's the, the summary of our book in, in two phrases or two uh, sentences. And the book is called Doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. It deals with the faith or lack thereof of Thomas Jefferson. And anyway, point number one, Jefferson was not a lifelong skeptic. Yeah, later in life, he he entertained some private doubts. um, And yet, while still outwardly going to church and, you know, professing to believe in, in Jesus and so forth. But point number two of the book is he certainly did not believe in the separation of God and government. Mm. Uh, He did not believe that the federal government, nor nor did the founders in general, believe that the federal government uh, should be, you know, having any kind of compulsory religious activities and so forth. But he said that when, if states, for example, when he was governor of Virginia and, and the request came up for him to declare a day of fasting and prayer and Thanksgiving and so forth, that kind of thing, a religious act, he did it. He participated. Yeah. When he was asked to do the same under the federal government, he felt that, no, the federal government has no jurisdiction of that. The the people do, the states do, the churches do, but not the federal government. And so you, you see the difference? I mean, in other words, Jefferson was not this anti-Christian, um, you know, tyrant or something that, that he's often made out right. to be. And in his name, uh, the, the secularists have driven out uh, religious expression in the public arena. The founders never intended that. I mean, you know, even to this day, if you look at a lot of the acts and actions and, you know, swearing in on the Holy Bible that the president does, and says, so help me God. And, you know, the, we have chaplains in the army and also in the military in general and yeah. also in the legislature. Founders, the founders implemented all these things. Yeah. They just did not want a national denomination and uh, instead, what the secularists do are doing is trying to turn America into a secular wasteland. And so we, we try to make all these points in this special endowed by their creator, showing how the trajectory that we've been on as a nation in the last few years, where God is not allowed in the public arena for all practical purposes, not allowed in the public schools. That's not one that the founders intended. And in fact, at the very end of the documentary, we have no less than John F. Kennedy, a portion of his uh, inaugural address where he says that we reaffirm that fundamental belief that our forebears had, the firm view that that the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Mm, so true. Yeah. Well, today we're talking with Dr. Jerry Newcomb. And we've talked once before, I believe. Jerry is the executive director of Providence Forum, also senior producer and on-air contributor at D. James Kennedy Ministries. Uh, Jerry, what I like is as you talk, these original quotes kind of flow from you, and it means that you've been looking into the source documents. And um, we 
there's a tendency, especially here where I live, up around <laughs> in New York State, of having history books that have been rewritten. And uh, basically, the authors want to erase the mention of God and his providence in history, and particularly in establishing and prospering America. Um, have you seen that happening around? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you what, I I have a, f- a friend and colleague at the ministry who spends time once a week when I write a column. I write a column once a week, and mm-hmm. these are posted at ProvidenceForum.org and, and released in other places as well. And he, this this colleague, in one of my columns a few years ago, I mentioned that uh, you know the history books have been rewritten. They've you know they've thrown out God and and so forth. And I said that, but furthermore, they even belittle or they they do not highlight the important people that we should know about in the American experiment. And I said, here's an example. There was a textbook where there were seven pages of content, history textbook for uh, high school students, seven pages on Marilyn Monroe, and there was about a paragraph or two at most worth of content on George Washington. Oh, my. Now, my colleague that, that, that read my thing, he said, there's no way this is true, what you're saying. And I said, it is true. And he said, I'll give you $20 if you can prove this. <laughs> so I went to the source. Um, and it, I don't know if you remember this, but back, oh, years ago, there was the Mellon Norma Gabler that used to review textbooks long ago out of Texas. And I did a, a feature on them. They were on uh, 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Mike Wallace wasn't a fan of theirs at all, but, you know, he showed how they were an important part of the whole debate. And anyway, they were able to document, yeah, the, this, this very secular trend that you've, you've highlighted here is true. And so one of their researchers who was uh, still around, I contacted him. I, I said, uh, I've been challenged on this statement about Marilyn Monroe versus George Washington. And, you know, which one was more important in, you know, some of our, at least this one particular textbook for high school students in America. And he was able to document the pages. I was able to show them to my friend <laughs> and he gave me $20. Not that we bet it, but, yeah, you know, I understand. but you know, it's just, it's just, it's a crazy thing though, that Americans don't appreciate what they have. And so I'm grateful for guests that were in this program to, you know, show the other side of things. Dennis Prager, Bill Federer, Daniel Dreisbach of American University, Daryl White, founder of Retired Judges of America, Jenna Ellis, and Eric Metaxas, and so forth. So it, it's it's exciting to me. Once you start looking at the truth about American history, you really see that you know we've been sold a bill of goods. We have. There's a reason. There's a reason, Dan, that people will risk their lives to come to America even to this day, to try and experience what, what we often take for granted. And it gets back, honestly, to this, this fantastic foundation that the, uh, the framers created in America in saying that our rights come from God. They do. They really do. Today we're talking with Dr. Jerry Newcomb. And as you were talking, I was thinking about something called cancel culture, how that writers today 
if they're faithful to the gospel of Christ and they're talking to culture, which I believe is appropriate, by the way, that they will often be canceled. Have you experienced that? Yes, 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 I have. I, I have on a personal note, uh, but of course we see cancel culture happening all the time. I mean, you, yeah. you can't have, let's say, opinions today that you express in any kind of public venue that contradict the sexual orthodoxy yes. of today. You know, so if you, you know, some little boy in Massachusetts had a T-shirt which said there are only two genders, and he got in trouble at school for that, you know. And uh, <laughs> oh my! Well, I mean, this kind of thing is happening. People sometimes lose their jobs for for saying what is perceived to be the wrong thing, something that that goes against that. But the founders believe very much in in you know robust political debate and you know uh, vigorous def- defense and so forth of of your ideas. They did not believe in this this kind of cancel culture cancel culture is really is a it's a it's a cancer to the culture because essentially what it is is uh you only are allowed to hear the one side of the debate right and when that happens you know we all lose gary bauer makes a great point he says that the left doesn't want to win the debate the left wants to shut the debate down. Oh, good point. And uh, yeah, and and so we are here in America. We are suffering from the way you know the, the effects of trying to undermine our Judeo-Christian heritage. I like what Patrick Henry said. He would, by the way, was the first governor of Virginia as a state. Uh, so therefore, the first American you know governor um, in that sense. And he said this. He said, it is when a people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. Mm. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing today. Yeah. Well, um, we've got maybe two minutes left, and um, there's so much that we could cover. But this imagery of forging chains, I've often thought of, of the whole topic of slavery in the modern era as we have a increase in giving out of money to people that don't work. And sorry to be so blunt about that. I don't mean to offend anyone, but, um, you know, the apostle would tell us if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And so that wouldn't go too far in terms of today's welfare society. I see a form of slavery there. And maybe you could comment on that for a minute. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right when Paul wrote that, uh, you know, if a man refuses to work, you know, uh, we should point out he cannot work, you know, then we see that the church historically and today, sure, you know, is, is at the forefront of helping those who who are, who right. cannot help themselves. But you're right, the, the, the a lot of the people that are able-bodied, they really should be out there working and and you know in a very real sense they're cheating themselves in the big picture of right. things god has given us you know a purpose for living he has given us callings he's given us talents and so forth one day he will call us to account mm. for how we have used the talents that he has given to us and uh, as far as purpose in life i like the phrase that the pilgrim said in the Mayflower Compact explaining why they even came over in the first place. They said 
They did this for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Oh, amen. And I, you know, I feel like in a very real sense, when you reject God, you do, in effect, become a type of slave. I mean, Jesus even said, the yeah. one who sins is a slave to sin. Yeah. And, you know, but but Christ has come to set us free. And one quick comment about slavery. Some people dismissed the founding fathers because some of them owned slaves. And they didn't abolish slavery right then and there, uh, you know, when they created yes. the, the country. And part of the reason that happened is because they wanted to be unanimous in the Declaration of Independence. They wanted all the states to agree, and and they they ended up creating the framework by which slavery could one day uh, be uprooted, and it was. Yeah, good point. You know, all men are created equal. Inherent in those very words uh, is the notion that slavery is not it's not compatible with those very words. Amen. In fact, in fact. You know, in his Gettysburg Address, Abraham Lincoln said four score and seven years ago, that was in direct reference to the Declaration of Independence mm. when they said all men are created equal. Jump ahead to the 1960s. Martin Luther King Jr. said that the founders of America gave us a promissory note in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. All men are created equal. He said now we are cashing in on that promissory note. You know, they, we are not experiencing the kind of freedom that we should, uh, you know, in a country that ideally says all men are created equal. So he was absolutely right. And so and, and positive changes were made uh, because of his efforts and so forth in the civil rights movement, which was all a church based, you know, effort. Yeah. So, so bottom line is Dr. King didn't say, oh, what we need to do is throw it all out and start all over that kind of thing. No. Well, unfortunately. Here we are all these years later, and there are some critics of America as founder who say, oh, yeah, we need to tear it all down. And they act as if America was unique or something in creating slavery. I think what's unique about America is that we had a civil war where more than half a million uh, you know, soldiers died because yes. they wanted to, you know, because of the fight over slavery. I mean, that's amazing. Our guest today has been Dr. Jerry Newcomb. The historical documentary on America is titled Endowed by Their Creator. To get more info on that, check out Providence Forum. Did I have that right? Providenceforum.org. Dan, I've enjoyed this very much. Thank you. And happy uh, Independence Day. Dr. Jerry Newcomb, you're a good brother, and thank you for joining us. Sure. Thank you. My pleasure. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.